Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm going to share a word called the drought is over. The drought is over. Just turn to your neighbor and say the drought is over. <clears throat> in the Bible was written in entirely uh, an agrarian age. So the Bible gives us the language of farmers, the language that was really a communication. We, you know, the agrarian age and the industrial age, the technological age, they call this the information age we're in now. And uh, so the, the Bible, you know, when, when it didn't rain, the earth suffered when the heavens were silent. So they, they would go in these cycles, and the Lord said, if I shut the heavens and my people call on my name, I'll open them. And so God gives the church the capacity to open heavens. And um, I live in a constant open heavens. Every believer does. And we're supposed to create an expansion of that everywhere we go, opening the heaven as far as God's touching people. Let me share something uh, cute before I get going. Uh, Romeo liked this one, so it's going to be good. <laughs> Boy, age four. Dad, I've decided to get married. The father, well, that's wonderful, son. Do you have a girl in mind? The boy, yes, it's grandma. She loves me. I love her, too. She's the best cook and storyteller in the whole world. Dad said, well, that's nice, but we have a small problem there. Four-year-old boy, what problem? Dad, well, she happens to be my mother. How can you marry my mother? Little boy, why not? You married mine. I was, uh, had a memory I was reminded of this morning, thinking about this message. I was watching something on TV um, 30, gosh, like over 30 years ago, and a commercial came out. I was watching with my son, who lives up in Laguna, Tim, Timothy, and it was a, a tech school commercial, and at the end of the commercial, the young man looks into the camera and says, my future's looking great. And my three-year-old son, who wasn't paying attention, all of a sudden, he hopped across the couch, grabbed my cheeks, and said, Daddy, my future's looking great. <laughs> I think there's hardly anything we say to God that makes him happier than when we say that. Wow. And when we can say with true yes. confidence, Daddy, my future's looking great. I, I can't expect anything less than that because I know you. It's impossible to believe in the goodness of God and then not to expect to see his goodness invade our lives, all of our lives. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, David said. So there was something about the church that's desperately needed, and really uh, uh, Awakened Church is doing such a great job with that, that we are the, we are the carriers of hope to a hopeless generation. When we demographically study generations, and now we're studying the, 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 the Z generation, uh, kids that are you know, 18, I think, to 25. And the, the first American generation in history that doesn't believe they'll be better than their parents. 
So there's a consensus in that generation that their lives will not be as good as their moms and dads. And so that's happened through a, a, a lot of things, the pressure and the culture, the, dis, the, the you know, disintegration of family, the, the, all the, the growing secular things. And so we have the great opportunity to shine as beacons of hope to a hopeless world. There's something just so attractive about a hope-filled person, about a person filled with hope. And uh, I like to say it like this, hope is the oxygen of the human soul. We suffocate without it. When hope walks out, depression walks in. And we can't afford to live very long without hope. And so as believers, our hope doesn't come from our circumstance, from the right people being in our world, from everything, from no problems. Our hope comes from our God. May the God of hope, Romans 15 says, fill you with peace and joy in believing and that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're supposed to have so much hope, we irritate hopeless people. We irritate them. When I played university basketball, I, I had this thing. didn't matter how much we were behind. I, I would encourage my teammates. We, we still got a chance. Mike, we're down by 20. There's only 30 seconds. I know, but we can catch up. <laughs> I was watching a football game yesterday, and I, and I traveled at the beginning of it. So this, this one kid's a Christian from Jacksonville, the quarterback, and my son knows him. He, so he was real outspoken in his college career. So he, he throws four first-half uh, interceptions. Just like the, the worst you could play. So they're behind 27 to nothing. And so I'm getting on the airplane, and the Lord said to me, this game's not over. I said, is something going to happen when I'm flying? Because if I miss a great comeback, I'm going to be upset, Lord. I, you know, I wanna, sure enough, I land, you know, and they're kicking the field goal to win the game. And they won 31 to 30, whatever it was. It's never give up. Give God the chance to write a good ending to your story. Never give up. I like to say, never, you know, it's not over to the fat angel sings. Okay. It's an ancient opera reference. Uh, I'll be reading from 1 Kings chapter 18. The drought is over. Verse 41, they had been, this whole chapter is amazing. I, you know, fire came down. A nation turned from idolatry to God. I, I really got encounter. I, I, I think it's impossible to turn America to God without the fire of heaven coming. Without the open display of the power of the Holy Spirit. This culture is not interested in dry, dead, lifeless religion. But give them God encounters. And watch them turn. Watch them turn. Okay, verse 41, Elijah said to Ahab, it's so interesting, Ahab is not a good guy in the sense of godly uh, king, but, but God cares about the people. It's, it's just so important. God cares about America no matter who the president is. He cares about California no matter who the governor is. He cares about Arizona. So he cares about people in a broader spectrum. And so, but, but anyways, uh, the prophet said, go up, eat, and drink. For there is this sound of not just rain, abundance of rain. Abundance of rain. I was in Turlock, California in uh, November. And I'd seen on a barn, so I'm going to the airport, I think Sacramento to there. 
And I, 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 don't, I don't like studying things. I don't, want to, I don't want hardly any information. I want to come in kind of blank so God can just speak to me clearly. And I saw this barn that said, pray for rain. And then I thought, because well, as a farming community, it's really the, I think they grow so much food for America and the world there in that central, central valley, whatever they call it. And sure enough, I started preaching. The Lord said, stop preaching and prophesy it's going to rain. And I said, I boldly declare in Jesus' name, the drought is over. I, I, I don't know if they have that little video. It's just a minute long. I don't want to bore you with it. But the church put together a little video of what actually had happened in that moment and what's happening now. And if they have that, we can play that. If not, I'll act it out. <laughs> and um, The Western North America is in a drought that we haven't seen in 1,200 years. Water District has declared a drought emergency for all of Southern California. A new alarm is sounding tonight over our historic drought. Now to the extreme drought in the West. I'm not aware of anything. I don't study anything. I just try to come in clean. I command the drought to end. And I call forth rain. I command it to rain. In the name of Jesus. God, thank you. It's one thing to pray for rain. It's another thing to prophesy. It's coming. That's good. I prophesy rain goes, comes. The preacher keeps talking. Um, <laughs> so in a drought, rainless situation, God, God's not moved by that. I was in the city of Adelaide, uh, Australia. Got off the airplane and, and had a great church, influencers church there. And, and uh, the Lord... I walked to the stage, and the Lord said, prophesy it's going to rain. So I said, the Lord said it's going to rain. I opened my sermon about five minutes later. He said, prophesy again, it's going to rain. I said, well, the Lord says again, it's going to rain. So about five minutes later, he did it again. Now he's irritating me. It was like, Lord, I said, I, the Lord said it's going to rain. Right after the third time, about five minutes later, I heard this loud noise behind me in the stage. And, and I thought it was like an air conditioning beginning to you know, dissemble, you know, it sounded like metal on metal. It was getting louder and louder. And finally, I looked at the pastor and said, am I safe up here? Because this sounds like, and they all started laughing. So they have a metal roof in their church. It was raining. <clears throat> now, it hadn't rained for a year. It did not stop raining for 100 days. And their, their, their reservoir was at 2%. They were about to put on their desalination plant to, to bring in water. And by the end of that, they were letting water go, 110%. So I finally get a message from the pastor, Josh, please pray it stops raining. Uh, yes. My whole point is this. So that's kind of a natural example. There's no circumstance. There's no family member. There's no condition you're in that God can't bring a rain to. He can't end the drought. And uh, he, but God needs someone, so God can't do it until someone says it. God didn't think, let there be light. God said, let there be light. The centurion said to Christ, you don't have to come to my home and pray for my sick servant. Speak the word only. He understood the kingdom of God functioned by word. The word of the king carried out the will of the king and exercised the dominion of the king. And God shares now in a great partnership with us. He shares in us, in this community of prophetic people. Ahab went up to eat and drink, verse 42. Elijah went up to Mount 
Carmel, the top of it, bowed down on the ground, put his face between his knees. So he's in a great position. He's in the birthing position of intercession. So Pastor quoted one of my scriptures that what we do with prophecies, is we don't put them on the shelf and just wait to see if they happen. Most prophetic words are weapons for you to use to release the will of God in the earth. So what is he praying for? He heard that it would rain, an abundant rain. And so what is he praying for? He's praying for rain. I don't care how lost your family is. I don't care how bound someone is by addiction. I don't care how broke you are. Pray for rain. Pray for salvation. Pray for healing. Pray for breakthrough. One word from God that was in the hospital up the street here in Laguna Beach 19 years ago. And our family vacation became very ill and diagnosed in the hospital with a very, a very serious and hard-to-treat cancer, form of cancer. So the doctor is giving me that explanation of everything, and I'm sitting in his office, beautiful Mary's behind me, beside me. <clears throat> I could barely speak, and I leaned across to his desk and said, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. It's Psalm 118, verse 17. It rose up in me like a force. So the devil was telling me, not the doctor, but the cancer was telling me, you're going to die. The Spirit of God rose up in me and never let the devil have the last word. Never let the devil have the last word. Goliath, for 40 days and nights, Goliath defeated Israel by words. Morning and afternoon, he would give his speech. I challenge you, for 40 days and night, no one answered him back until a teenage boy who knew it was wrong, said, how come no one's stopping that guy? David runs to meet him in the battlefield. Goliath begins the whole thing, you know, cursing him by the gods of the field, those things, Dagon and Ashereth and Beelzebub and Baal and all these wooden and stone gods. And, and David said, you done? Here's what I got to say. You're dying today. I'm taking your oversized fat head off of your shoulders. And when I'm done with you, I'm coming for that army behind you. I'm going to leverage this victory to another victory. Sure enough, David did. David beat him with words before he beat him with a stone. He wasn't just a great on-field soldier. He was a great prophesier. He was a great prophesier. Next verse. Elijah said to his servant, verse 43, go look now toward the sea. The servant went, looked toward the sea and said, there's nothing. Seven times in a row, he said, go look again. So he, Elijah is praying, and he sends the servant in these intervals. After a season of prayer, go see if there's any sign of this prayer being answered. Never let the devil tell you it's not going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. If God said it, he's going to do it. Now, I'm proud of... You really have world-class pastors and your leaders here, all of them. I'm proud of them, these campus pastors, for fighting in the spirit. Because the devil will take it away from you if you don't fight back. He will test your resolve. He will test your commitment. And it's time for us to stop losing breakthroughs and harvest because the devil engages us. We, we have to push back. We have to fight back. We have to pray back, prophesy back. When I travel the country, I've been prophesying for years now that breakthrough revival would come out of California to America. And so I am so optimistic about California, no matter who's doing what and what's happening here. 
And I rebuke my friends across the country that curse California. Why? Because God can't bless it until you stop cursing it. Agree with God. Agree with God. Jacob has a son in Genesis, his last son, through Rachel, the love of his life. And when she was, they were traveling en route, and she became ready for the baby. She's in a hard labor, and David's outside the tent, a, a, a maiden, handmaidens helping Rachel. And, you know, it was just a, the, the hardest day ever. So what, what happens is Rachel has a son, and she names him Benoni which means son of my great sorrow. So it's like a tattoo, you know. My son killed me. And she opens the tent. She's crying. And she says, I have good news and bad news. The horrible news is you've lost the love of your life. The good news is she's given you your 12th son. And Jacob, whose name means a swindler, heel grabber, con man, he knew what it was like to have the wrong name. His name was so wrong, God had to give him a new name called Israel, Prince of God. And so Jacob took the baby and said, no, I'm not going to. I love my wife, but I'm not going to. The only son that Jacob named was his last son because his last son was given the wrong name. And he said, he won't be Benoni, son of my sorrow. He'll be Benjamin, son of my right hand, my closest son, my most endeared son. You've got to call things the way God wants them to be, not the way the devil says, not the way history says, not the way your broken heart says. You have to say, this isn't going to be a crappy year, and I'm going to, you have to say, it's going to be my best year ever. You have to say, my family's going to get saved. I don't care how crazy they act. They're all going to get saved, and they're all going to. So he's praying. What happens next? The seventh time, six times, he prays seventh time. Just elbow and say, don't give up. Discouragement is the greatest when breakthroughs the closest. <clears throat> I suppose maybe the, the hardest season of this prayer time was between six and seven. Six and seven. Just one more push. Wow. <laughs> my, you know, I, I'm just, my wife had four, my wife's a tiny little person. She had four big babies. And every time she had a baby, I'd be like, oh, I'm so grateful I'm a man. So grateful I'm a man. And uh, so, you know, she's having a baby, and you, you know, say, how do you just push? You know, it's so close, been in labor for a while. How do you just push? She looks at you like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I, I know you're exhausted, but you're just one push away from life, one push away from miracles, one push. Come on, you're, you're, you're one prayer away from victory. And he says... The servant came back and said, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand rising out of the east. And he said, that's it. Next verse. Happened in the meantime, he sends to the king, says, get ready, get your chariot ready. Prophetic people always prepare for what they have heard God say he's going to do. The proof that you believe it is you get ready for it before it shows up. So he he. He said to the king, you better get ahead of this thing. Verse 45, it happened in the meantime, the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain, a heavy rain, a heavy rain. Uh, the greatest 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit in human history will be in the last days. It won't just be another sprinkling season of temporary refreshing. It'll be the heaviest, most glorious, most powerful, most godly, most intense move of God any generation has ever seen. Satan has belched out of the bowels of its infernal devastation, deception, and torment every weapon they have. And God is about to release from heaven every weapon he has. In the heavy rain... <clears throat> of a great outpouring. Pastor quoted, I'll, I'll quote it to you again, 1 Timothy 1.18. Paul's writing to his son. He says, I charge you, son Timothy, to go get that prophecy you forgot about. I charge you, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you wage a good warfare. My oldest son, Matthew James Maiden, uh, just a wonderful uh, young man, as a boy, he never gave us any trouble. My oldest child was strong-willed. My second child, um, Matthew, was God comforting us for our oldest child. <laughs> so he just, he just, he never told me, he's just a, the sweetest boy ever, and ended up being a really high-functioning athlete early. And so our church, you know, when Mary and I started church at 27, God blessed it. By the time we were 37, it was 5,000 people in Scottsdale. We were building a 4,800-seat auditorium. In, in that year, the 10th year, our church treasurer, a local businessman, kind of bank owner, embezzled $20 million from the church. Back then, that was all we had. It was, you know, everything. So our church grew from 5,000 to 140 over two years. Ten front-page stories, six lawsuits, two class-action lawsuits, 15 concurrent attorneys. I was clinically suicidally depressed for two and a half years. That's why I finished my PhD in psychology. Sir, you're sick. I know. Leave me alone. That kind of thing happened. <laughs> we were homeless on Christmas Eve of 1998, homeless, kicked out of our home. I thought I could keep it. It was literally paid off. It just everything fell apart. So my son at 12 starts self-medicating with marijuana and grows into cocaine. He had rich friends in Scottsdale. And then he starts doing alcohol. So he, by the time he's 14 and 50, he's a full-blown alcoholic drug addict. He's just doing all this. He's still a high-functioning athlete. Don't want to ask me. He could have been so much better if he wasn't stoned every. I said, the reason why you miss fear throws is you're always stoned. If, you, if you're just. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, put him in rehab a few times. Nothing. You can't help people till they want to be helped. That, that's the, 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 the worst part about living with someone with addiction is that. And uh, he, as soon as he could, he moved out of the house. And uh, he, so he's gone, and drug dealers would drive past our house, slow down their cars, put their guns out the window so we could see them. Threat, you know, wanting to kill our son. Apparently, he owed the money. And the police would knock on our door wanting to arrest him. And I just would lay in his bed. From 18, 19 to 20, I would lay in his bed almost every night and said, Jesus, don't let my son die tonight. So it got to that level of intensity. So I'm leaving after praying, crying. Um, I'm coming out of his, his room where he didn't sleep anymore, but he, where he used to sleep. But I'm coming to the hallway, and the Lord meets me in the hallway. Watch out for the hallway. That's where I get spanked. That's where I get rebuked. And in the hallway, the Lord said to me, I want you to stop praying the problem all you do is remind me of where he's at i want you to remind the devil of where he's going and the lord said the sentence to me don't pray the problem pray the promise 
And God reminded me, like Pastor quoted, like I just read, of every prophetic word God given us concerning Matthew. I ran and told my wife, honey, we have to change our vocabulary, both the way we talk about and the way we pray about Matthew. And so we did. I just, my, my son's a man of God, a history maker, a world shaker, things I started saying 20 plus years ago. He's going to change the world. He's going to be a successful businessman, a man of God, a great father, a great husband, and just a couple other personal things. And we're saying those things because God said them to us when he was born. And so I've been praying for eight years. Nothing's happened. He's praying. He's playing university basketball somehow. And he, he wanted to date one of the cheerleaders. And she was a Christian girl. And she said, I only date you if you come to my church. And just praise God for all the pretty, godly, single women at Awakened Church. Um, all the handsome men, too, but that doesn't really fit into my sermon. <laughs> so he's, he, he comes to, a, like, a Wednesday night service. He's, like, in the back row with a stinking attitude. You know, he's got his arms folded, you know, his head cocked. You know, look at his watch every five seconds. Oh, when's this thing over? And the guest speaker was the man of God. He said, there's someone here running from God with a broken heart, fighting addiction, whose family's been through public trauma. That guy didn't know my son from Adam. And my son in the back row fell into the ground, shook violently for almost an hour. When he got up, he was completely set free from cocaine and alcoholism. <laughs> completely set free like this. <clears throat> he moved back home. He moved back home, went to Bible school, went to Haiti for years as a missionary. And married a wonderful girl, just had his, has four great kids. He and his wife are the executive pastors of Church for the Nation. And everything, everything that God told me he would be, he's become. Now, here's my, here's my point. God can't bless it until we stop cursing it. We have to, a curse is not a cuss. A curse is anything that's in disagreement with God's purpose for something. And so... The baby, son of sorrow, that, that described his beginning. But it also was a curse about his ending. And, right. and Jacob said, no, he's going to be my right-hand man. And so God wants you to rename some things. Your future, your life, your marriage, your children, your business, your health. Whatever it is, God wants you to start prophesying things. Every day we prophesy by the things we say. When we've heard from God, there's so much power in it. The, the New Testament word for two-edged sword, which is a, is a describer of the Bible. The Bible is called a two-edged sword. Is the Greek word diastomos. Di means two. Stomos means mouths. It literally means a two-mouthed sword. I get it. When I saw that a few years ago, I got it. When God speaks to me from his word or through a prophetic moment, half of the sword is formed, half the blade. But it's incomplete until I add my voice to what God has said. When I say what I hear, I'll see what I say. It becomes the sword. And so Jesus said to the devil, it is written. And used the sword to drive him away. The woman said to everyone that encountered her, her son was actually dead. And she said, it's going to be okay. It's well. It's going to turn out okay. You have to look the storm into the face of that storm and say, this is going to end okay. My, my children are going to serve God. 
My, my addicted loved one's going to be set free. You have to agree with God. And when you do, shackles are broken, burdens are lifted, hearts are mended, bondages are disrupted. Satan's plan is stopped. Amen? That's the way it works. And so this year, just agree with God. Well, Pastor, I don't know what kind of, well, just agree with Pastor. Becky said it's a year of harvest. Agree with me, it's a year where the drought ends. Amen? Anybody can see the problem. Prophetic people see the answer. The answer always begins, okay, I'll close with this. Guard your thoughts, for they become your words. Guard your words, they become your actions. Guard your actions, they become your habits. Guard your habits, they become your character. Guard your character, it becomes your destiny. Your destiny circles back to your thought life. And when you win the battle in your mind... You win the battle for your future. <clears throat> We're going to pray for a few people. Oh, <laughs> Pastor, who would you like me to pray for before? The butchers? <clears throat> butcher family. Hello, Mr. Mr. Butcher. There's so many jokes I want to say right now. I won't say them. Set <laughs> your hands for this lovely. He's heard them already. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this lovely family, godly couple. Thank you for their proven track record of faithfulness to you. You've seen everything. You've seen it all, both in the church world and life and business and family, some kind of service. You've seen literally everything there is to see. And yet you still love each other. You still love God. Now, I saw the Lord stretch out his hand and say, this storm is ending. And I declare over your family in the mighty name of Jesus, this storm, this intense kind of perfect storm comes to an end. The sorrow that is embedded in you is leaving. The, the confusion around others is being dismantled. And the enemy's intentions being destroyed. But the enemy is meant for evil. God's turning for good. This story, sir, ends with a praise report. It ends with a testimony. It ends with another victory. You've come too far to turn back. Now God's not going to fail you. God's so proud of you. God's touching your physical stamina and health. I saw God put his hand right in your heart, sir. I declare life and grace and healing to you and to your wife. In the mighty name of Jesus. Someone, the most creative one in your family, this child is coming to a great God moment, a great visitation from God. When so many things spoken, prophesied, and declared will come to pass. Identity deceptions and confusion are being broken. The devil's a filthy liar. So watch what God does in this next season. Every man in your family will be free. Every man in your family will serve God and fulfill their created destiny. So God, thank you for your hand upon this lovely family. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Chris and Randy Ross. Would you switch your prayers toward this lovely family? Thank you for the store. My wife shops there all the time. Stretch your hands toward the Rosses. God, thank you for... Some of you are too wealthy to understand that joke. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Lord, thank you for the Rosses. Thank you for your hand upon their lives. Thank you for who they are to you. Thank you, God, for their story. You know, God, God made you, sir, uh, like a warrior. He, he, he designed you with a certain fierceness, a certain... Un unbreakable, tenacious perseverance. And God's just really proud of you, that you've, you've overcome things that would have taken out 
a weaker person or a less committed person. You, you, you don't brag about yourself. I, you know, I just hear God bragging about you. He thinks you're totally amazing. And that there are there was like two moments in life that someone else was aw- rewarded or awarded for things you did. There wasn't even a full recognition. Even you've had, God's not missed one moment. Not one thing was unrecognized, and God's seen it all. This is a season of reward. This is, this is you know, standing at the, on the podium, and, and they put the things on the soldiers. This is that season for you because God is paying you back. So it's like 20, 20, 22 years. So there's so, God just reaching into things and pulling all these things, all the unfinished business of things. God's canceling not just accusations, but I would say intentional disruptions of your destiny, trying to sabotage your future through demonic agencies. God's canceling things that were spoken against you, and he's releasing the full purpose that God has for you. So this is going to be, uh, God, God's going to shock people by how and what he does in the season, the amount of favor God's m- kind of moving into your world. It's, it's going, you know, from feast to, f- to famine. It's going from famine to feast. It's literally just churning like that. So you've handled it all, even material loss or material, you've handled things very maturely and godly, but God's not done. So you have a high character you, and, and like any person, you have, you have a capacity. God's going to fill you to the capacity. This is restoration time, breakthrough time, so many things. God's, in your family, you were the curse breaker of addictions and anger, especially in men. You were, you were the guy that did it. And you've raised a family and, and developed things in a godly way. So we're just way to go. Your wife could not be more different than you. And yet, you just, it's such a great team together. Because you're, you're fierce in so many ways, and she's fierce spiritually and with character and godliness. And between the two of you, just unstoppable. And God, when God speaks to her, you really register with it. You say, man, you really receive it. So you're just unstoppable as a team. Sister, the, the godliness that's in your family is so in you, it's reached just this high point. But in your children, it's going even higher. So just get ready because there are outrageous, they look like you. There, there, there's outrageous, not just natural beauty, but natural uh, or God-given spiritual destiny. So you created as a family like this platform, and it's higher than anyone's ever seen in your family. It's going to be amazing what God does. There's a property miracle happening in these next 18 months for you. God's righting wrongs. God's healing things. God's making impossible things possible. And one phone call is going to bring the, begin the season of redirection. So God bless this couple in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Justin Wilson. Thank you for these amazing men of God. We, li- we lift up to you and thank you for your blessing upon their life. First of all, young man, I just want to say this. God's really proud of you. God's proud of you. You've had a adult discerning and wisdom about certain things that were problematic. You've handled them really well. You're mature by beyond your years in a whole bunch of areas. But there is the hand of God is really strong on you for destiny and purpose. The enemy has tried to disrupt that to things that had nothing to do with you, but other things. And 
Um, when someone left, so, so someone's failure, someone's pain, someone's absence, God stepped into that place with you. And he just wants you to know he's got, your, your future's looking great. Your future's looking great. God's got amazing things for you. And you just keep walking with God and just watch what he does. Your gifts are beginning to blossom. And in these next three and a half years, they're just going to reach great heights. People will see you live out the way God's given you. So you've, sir, you've really handled things so well. God's very proud of you. So we, some storms we see coming, some storms catch us by surprise. And we're just, we're just like, what do I do now? And you're, instead of running from God, you've run to God. And there is so much character in you. There always was in business and life, even in relational activities. But in this season, your character is visible by the way you've stewarded things, by the way you've forgiven things, by the way you've handled um, even lying accusations, all kinds of stuff thrown at you, and the way you've stewarded grief. And I just want Lord to say thank you. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for holding on to me. But this year turns to joy. This year changes for you. And you've, you've, not, you've not made things happen, you've not in, but God's making things happen for you. And so we sang that song about resurrection. This is resurrection time, sir. It's so many good things happening. And so across your, your life, your family, your story, so many great things happening. So, the, I, so, the, so it's like the second. So I, so I saw two things you were doing. The second one's about to take off. God's breathing upon something. It's going to become really animated and just go to new heights. So God's got great things in store for you. And uh, you're going to, um, this, this year ends with laughter. This season ends with laughter, and, and, and a laughter that comes from fulfilled promise, from answered prayers, and from destiny realized. That kind of laughter is coming to you, an Isaac laughter. God, thank you for The last thing is this. I command disease to leave your family. Anyone in your family suffering, I loosen a miracle to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. <laughs> it's wonderful when your pastor cries when you get a prophecy. <laughs> um, I don't know this couple, but they were highlighted during worship. You're in a denim jacket, and you have a sweater hood and sweater arms, and the gal next to you, Tan. Yeah, one, go ahead and stand up. Thank you, Lord. Would you switch your love toward this uh, lovely couple? Well, thank you for your hand upon the your precious children today. We bless them, declare your great grace and care for them. Thank you, God. You know what you're doing and their story, the journey. And thank you, God. Um, I just want to uh, say, sister, the, Jesus heals broken hearts. That's what he specializes in. And he healed me from a, a, a serious suicidal depression. And God's healing your heart. God's healing your life. He's healing your 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 futuristic uh, vision. He's healing the way you look at your future. And there are great things in it. And God just wants you to know that this, so it's been like two and a half years of kind of unending intensities, but God is with you to help you. So many gifts you have, uh, there's, there's almost like nothing you can't do well. And God's giving you this broad range of capacities, gifts, and but you haven't felt like doing much, but you're going to feel yourself again. You're coming back, sister, better than ever, stronger than ever, happier than ever. This, the grief in your family, God's detaching you from it. 
God stopping it, other people's sorrow from, from washing over you like waves. It's not that we don't mourn, but God's releasing you from someone else's grief. And it, that freedom is going to heal you and help you. In your family, God's answering prayers. Now, are, are you guys married, D dating, friends? Dating, yeah. So I don't want to get in trouble. Um, I just want to say, uh, young man, you're an amazing young man. And you have high character, you have high integrity. And uh, you keep overcoming things that people didn't think you could do. And there is a certain part, there's a part of your brain that's brilliant. And God just wants you to know that God's going God's to shock people by your story. And in this season, kind of, it's not a wandering season, it's just a transitioner season. This season, God's putting his hand on your life for good things. You're appointed to be a leader in your generation, a man of influence, a man of consequence, a man of God, and God's going to do great things with you. Last thing is this. I pray for, I saw someone laying in a bed. I pray for anyone sick in your family. I just speak life and grace and healing to them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Tara Lynn. <laughs> Tara Lynn. Everybody stretch your hands toward uh, Tara Lynn. It's always a good thing, Tara, when people clap for you. <laughs> I mean, they like you. Well, thank you for Miss Tara Lynn. Thank you for your hand upon her life. Thank you, God, for who she is. Thank you, God, for her love for you. You know, it's, it's really true. You have just a heart of gold. And people, when they come into your life, they always leave better. And you're just so, no matter what you're going through, you put that, that aside and you focus on people. You focus on, on helping them, stewarding them through things, making things better in an environment. And just like in a report card, Ms. Tara Lynn with a bunch of A pluses, way to go. You, you've really done well in being an example of a selfless Christian a selfless, a servant of others, like a nurse, a doctor who, who helps people get better. Just way to go. So it's been, so it's like three years ago, three and a half years ago, and then something like two years ago. So, so twice I saw two arrows shoot all the way through you. So the devil always hates pure-hearted people because they're so destructive to his kingdom that God's healing you from betrayal. He's healing you from things that didn't turn out. He's healing you from a false ownership and a lie about your future. I just want to say this. So I, I didn't tell the story. I, I don't think I told the story. My three-year-old son and I were watching, when he was 30 years ago, watching TV. And a commercial for a tech school came on. And, this, and the student at the end of the commercial looks into the camera and says, my future's looking great. My three-year-old son jumped across the couch, grabbed my face, said, Daddy, my future's looking great. Tara, your future's looking great. God's got amazing things for you. You're naturally optimistic. It's been a down. There's been just a lot happening. You're going to feel it. You're coming back better than ever. Great things. The creative side, I would say the creative administrative side of your mind is brilliant. And this generation needs you. So just watch what God does. Just all over the place. I, I think more in more than one city. Just amazing things are going to happen for you. Bless Terrell, God in Jesus' name. Amen.
Yeah. Lord, thank you for Pastor John and Becky. You know, I thank you for your hand upon their lives. God, there was uh, every assignment God's given you, Pastor John, you've excelled in. And it came to the point where God just couldn't do without you. You just kept learning things at such a high, at such a high level of excellence. It's not normal. And so in the kingdom, you've, you've excelled past even other people because of that spirit in you. And it's really an apostolic call, what, what you're doing, kind of blueprinting with Pastor, you know, Pastor Jurgen doesn't use the language, but he's 100% an apostle. The proof is all these churches, you know, hello. hello. The same thing's happening in you. It is strong, it's recognizable. It's like a, so that you're a strategic apostle. So it's like an, an engineering mind taking things apart. This is how it works. And so you're making the church work at a high-functioning calibration. It's like fine-tuning the engine. Okay, now it's really humming. God's, every place you touch is going to be like that. In this season, God's, God's creating a template here because there will be like this campus will have like three campuses and then other things will happen. But God's using your anointing to create such an attractive example. And 100%, uh, your wife, uh, Miss Becky, you are so you're so prophetic. It's like I see something on them. I'm like, you prophesied to them, you know? It's, it's like you go because it's right there. It's, it's just something you walk into with kind of an ease. And I just declare you're going to prophesy to nations. You're going to prophesy to a generation. And I saw I saw two things. The devil intended. So I want to say this as gentle as possible. The devil intended by the time you were 45, you would have lost your mind. And here you are with the mind of Christ. And you don't look 45. You're on, that's, so you're 35, let's say. Um, but my whole point is this. You're going to deliver. You're a curse breaker. You're the breaker of curses. And the infirmity on the mind of women is going to be broken by the anointing of the women leaders of this church, including you, Pastor Leanne, and others. There's such a strong anointing. And God's going to let them be who they were always meant to be. The war against women, the devil's hated women since the garden. And the war against women, God's going to win. God's going to turn things. And so many appropriately connected, you know, relationally connected to their husbands. Just everything appropriate, but it's just so powerful. The secret punch in the Wiccan church. Praise God for all the men. It's going to be all these powerful women too. It's going to be this invisible punch of great influence. So God, your oldest son, great achiever, great mind. A, I, I saw something awakening in him pastorally. It's beautiful. It's like scriptures and stuff just start sticking to him. And just like I could see God building a library inside of his heart. So just we want him to do good in sports and life and just go. But God's visiting him. This is a cool season. Your second son is going to be a fearless warrior. There's something in him that's not normal. And as he grows, so a high risk taker. So in the kingdom of God, he's invaluable. But however that, you know, <laughs> he might get some extravagant things, but however that plays out, it's going to be beautiful. 
because in the kingdom it makes him say, why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? Your daughter is like a little angel. I just her little voice. It's just the cutest thing ever. I just wanted her to just keep talking. Keep talking. This, this little tiny, this cutest voice ever. I saw, like you, her capacity to feel God and hear the Holy Spirit was heightened. Prophetic dreams are coming. I mean, real prophetic dreams. And, and she's going to have these things. They're going to seem like natural. She's going to say, you know, Mommy, I heard this. She's going to say it there, Daddy, I heard this. The Holy Spirit talking through her. It's easy because her heart is so pure. She's going to be a healer. She's anointed to heal. However that plays out in her life, she's going to be a healer of broken hearts, broken lives, broken homes, broken minds, her whole life. There's something. <clears throat> so at 12 and 13, she, how, how does she know? So she's going to start writing songs that are they're simple but so anointed. And when people hear them, are going to be healed by them. Something, something's happening here. It's big time. Lord, I thank you. Just lift your hands to heaven, everybody. God, thank you for what you're doing in this beautiful congregation of people. I declare over every life, the drought is over. I rebuke mental infirmities of every sort. I command depression to leave. I loosen and break the grip of torment. I loosen hope to live. I declare healing to physical. To someone here, wave your hand at me if you've been battling cancer. Jesus Christ healed me of cancer. Am I missing it? Yeah. So Jesus healed me of cancer 19 years ago. Thank you, God, for complete, total restoration and healing. Head to foot. With long life, Psalm 91 says, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you will prosper. Thank you, God, for this man of God overcoming this season. The season of battle turns into the season of victory. He's trusted you with a, a great heart, a pure heart. So I saw, it's not just <laughs> the devil tried to take your health and your money. God's restoring both. God, I thank you for miracles in every part of his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Keep worshiping the Lord. I think I'm all done. Would you just take a minute and just, if, you, if you're comfortable doing this, just would you touch the shoulder of the person next to you? And would you just pray a blessing prayer? Just declare it. The drought's over. It's going to be a year of testimony, healing, victory, miracles, breakthrough. You're going to see testimonies in your family. You're going to see testimonies in your business. You're going to see breakthroughs in every realm of your life. God has surprises for you. There's good things, good things lining up for you because he cares for you, loves for you. He's provided for you a pathway to get to where he wants you to go. Thank you, God, for your great grace. Jesus, David, it's been an honor to be with you guys. Thank you. God bless you. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.